0: highways voices the podcast of highways news your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our must-read daily newsletter on this week's highways voices we're talking an early careers professional's experience of working through the pandemic the negative side of it is that you're not with people you're not breathing it you're not
1: feeling it um, you're almost relying on having a phone call at times, to just pick up on on that odd piece of information that you know you need to know. But the other side of it is, and I found Teams or you know other uh, meeting platforms to be very clinical in that it was a set meeting at a set time with a set audience and actually you can prepare yourself
0: better. How do you work and learn when you're not among people absorbing the information? Many worried about the situation, but our guest today makes us all feel a little bit better about it. Nothing remotely boring about today's conversation on Highways News. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. One of the rising stars of our industry, Alistair King of Clearview Intelligence is chatting to us today with some great views on transport procurement and remote working as an early careers professional but first here's adrian tatum with his take on the biggest stories we've run on highways news the
2: department for transport has officially launched its new executive agency active travel england which will be responsible for active travel spend and measuring performance former olympic cyclist chris borden will head it up ate will manage the national active travel budget awarding funding for projects which meet the new national standards set out in 2020. It will inspect finished schemes and ask for funds to be returned for any which have not been completed as promised or which have not started or finished by the stipulated times. ATE will also begin to inspect and publish reports on highway authorities for their performance on active travel and identify particularly dangerous failings in their highways for cyclists and pedestrians. The organisation will become fully operational later this year. Also this week, the Scottish Transport Minister Graham Day has tendered his resignation from the Scottish Government for health-related reasons. Day, served as Minister for Parliamentary Business and the Veterans from 2018 I was appointed Transport Minister following the 2021 elections. Accepting his recon- resignation, the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, said he'd been a formidable minister and would be welcome to return to the government in future, should circumstances allow. He has been replaced by Jenny Gilruth, who will take the transport portfolio with immediate effect, overseeing a range of policy areas, including the upcoming transfer of Scotland's railways, into public hands, reducing carbon emissions from, from the transport network and delivering new ferries for its island's communities. Elsewhere, three bidders have been shortlisted to provide highway maintenance and infrastructure services for East Sussex in the future. Ringway Jacobs, Balfour Beatty Live and Places and Colas has been selected to move to the next stage of the procurement process by East Sussex County Council. The shortlist for the £730 million contract follows a call for expressions of interest which went through a vigorous evaluation process. The selected bidders have now been invited to submit detailed tens about how they will deliver highway maintenance, improvement schemes and a range of other highway services across East Sussex.
0: On top of those, you can read more about complaints about low-traffic neighbourhoods, a call for more accessible charging points, Scotland's transport plan and a report of being hit by a car ...while reporting on winter conditions live on TV. Fortunately, she was fine. You can read about all of these, plus so many more stories on our website. Remember to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Details are in the blurb. And you can sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. When the pandemic struck and we all started remote working, for many it was just a tweak from the usual work pattern, which involved some travelling, some office days and some home days with the home days becoming the norm. But for those starting out in their careers who spent their days in offices, what was it like to suddenly have no three-dimensional in-person interaction? How hard was disciplining yourself to work effectively unsupervised? One of the real bright young things in the industry is Alistair King, who's Product and Marketing Manager at Clearview Intelligence in Milton Keynes. And during a visit I had to their office, I caught up with him to ask him about his experience of lockdown and how it's affected his job plus what he's working on. The first day of the the pandemic, I was officially
1: taking over my new title. So I'd just moved from a product specialist to a product manager at Clearview, so uh, previously I'd just been looking after the M100 wireless vehicle detection magnetometer system Uh, and then that was the big change over to the active road stud side which I now look after. And of course, on my first day of that role, I was furloughed for three months. So uh, it was the easiest transition for me, really, in that um, I actually had breathing space to go away and really research the new products that I'd been tasked with looking after within the company. So
0: I remember back from my early days. Admittedly, you know, my my first sort of working life was within broadcasting, but the just seeing how an office reacted to somebody important coming in or or seeing when something went wrong how more experienced people dealt with it it's kind of like the osmosis of bring of 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 experience that you get by being around other people what effect did only being on the end of a virtual call make to the way you were developing through your career through your experience
1: i'd say it's a double-edged sword actually Obviously, the negative side of it is that you're not with people, you're not breathing it, you're not feeling it, um, you're almost relying on having a phone call at times to just pick up on on that odd piece of information that, you know, you need to know. But the other side of it is, and I found Teams or, uh, you know, other uh, meeting platforms to be very clinical in that it was a set meeting at a set time with a set, audience and actually you could prepare yourself better for that you could uh, prepare the content better so I'd actually say in the last two years I've excelled in my career double if not more than that and I actually feel as though now that we're back in the office and we're getting all of the benefit that you've just said there around those corridor conversations and everything else I've actually come back more confident as a person more confident in my ability. I've got better contacts throughout the industry, better prepared for any eventuality.
0: It's a really interesting reaction. And especially when you talked about, going back to the beginning of the pandemic and you had the furlough moment and you forget how many people within our industry were furloughed. you think of furlough being people that worked in pubs and restaurants who had to shut? But in fact, a lot of companies didn't really know what was going to happen and they didn't know whether things were going to be installed, how long it was going to go on for. So there was a lot of furloughing that went on in a lot of companies. Um, Do you think that at the end of it you've actually now got the more efficient way of working and also, without obviously I'm not going to expect you to name names or anything else, inside and outside of your company, did you get a sense that those that maybe weren't quite working as hard as they could were found out and that in fact it gave the opportunity for the good people to to really rise up through the ranks
1: yeah absolutely I mean there's that there's that argument and I think the one thing that I've learned about myself through this pandemic is that I'm a really good communicator I know how to talk to people I know how to talk on a level whatever level that may be that might be to somebody in an entry-level position or to a managing director
0: now of course you you started your well actually your degree was in event management or things like that so really you ought to be more you know organizing the big events we go to at the NEC than actually exhibiting at them but you've got that knowledge as to how to put forward products um And it's interesting when you look at the breadth of of Clearview products that there are, because, you know, within the industry, if somebody said to me, what a Clearview do, I'd say, oh, they do those solar road studs. But actually, when I arrived here today to come and see you, the that outside the the door of your office you've got a zebra crossing with road studs in there that are warning red you know one side and white on the other you seem to have boxes actually on uh, poles outside that seem to be monitoring it so you're doing a lot more than just um the solar road studs what are the well, well, for example what are the boxes doing and the cameras and and the sensors that i'm looking at outside
1: absolutely well Uh, In answer to that question specifically, that is my pet project uh, and I'll come back to that in a second, but what you've just said Paul, I find a lot actually. Uh, I think that Clearview in the industry has a reputation for being the company that does those road studs. Uh, The active studs obviously are a big part of our business, but we also have lots of different other different products within our portfolio. Um, So, for example, I mentioned the M100 wireless magnetometer system. Um, So we we dabble with detection around junctions. We also have count classify solutions for MIDAS motorway networks. We have journey time and we have a whole back-end system named Insight insight as well, which is where all this data pulls through to. Um, So there's a lot more to us than just... A road stud company so what we have outside the front here in our office in Milton Keynes uh, as I say is my pet project so this is something that I'm looking at on well firstly the safety side for pedestrians but also active travel so Clearview are just exploring how we can make pedestrians safer at crossings and what we've tried to do is almost merge two technologies that we're good at so we're good at detection Uh, And what we are looking at with the the crossing out the front is to detect vehicles approaching a crossing and to detect pedestrians approaching a crossing. So we've almost got a whole view of what, what is approaching that area. If within those methods of detection we register a pedestrian and a vehicle, then we could activate our studs, our active studs. So you just alluded to the fact that we've got active Road studs, we call them IRS, intelligent road studs. They're going across the crossing, so any vehicles on coming to the crossing when a pedestrian is detected would have a visible method of seeing, other than a pedestrian there, that there, there is something happening. And tail end of last year uh, at Highways UK, we also introduced a product called the Crosslight as well which is uh, almost like a, a strip of light that we can install in the ground on the pedestrian side so actually off-road completely um, to just give the pedestrians a warning uh, whether to cross or we can give different colors through that light as well so it gives us a whole uh, overview a whole picture and as i say it, it plays really nicely into our safety solutions and on the active travel side as well
0: You talk about safety solutions and I remember you doing a presentation at the ITS UK Members Day uh, down at Cubic in Surrey back in November and what I found interesting about the road studs is there are kind of two advantages that you, you can offer. One is the road safety of the fact that instead of having just the reflection of the headlights as you're driving along, the solar studs are lighting up the road for hundreds of meters ahead so you can actually see uh, the road further ahead so that you're less likely to suddenly come to a a bend in the road and, and crash off which can happen especially on country roads but also there's the value of the environmental side of things by the fact that the solar studs will allow you to have either lower power or actually switch off Streetlights, and so you can add um, delineation on the road without uh, having any sort of carbon footprint. It strikes me as somebody who's run a business in the past and tried to sell different things to different people, or maybe the same product has more than one value, that it's likely somebody within an authority who's in charge of road safety doesn't have any influence over the budget for reducing emissions or somebody who's there about environmental standards won't actually have any interest or you know any professional interest in road safety is this a problem that you've got a product that does two things but almost in order to deliver it you need to tap into two separate budgets that are possibly in different buildings
1: absolutely and you know communication especially through larger organizations larger authorities the people that we're talking to might not necessarily have that that complete bigger picture and overview of budgets and and how to to look at installing solutions and best approaching what solutions would suit an application better um, I, and with what you've just just said there Paul I find very much that we are perceived in the market as just a road stud company that provide a safety solution. I think I was very brave at the ITS day in November when I claimed that Clearview have the most sustainable road stud in the world. And I I firmly believe that it is still a physical product. There are plastics involved. We can't get around that. Other road studs, retro-reflective studs, are made entirely of plastic. So from an environmental side the physical product is the same, but the sustainability side and the potential saving, the carbon footprint is all elements that should be considered as part of a decision around delineation, a decision around road studs. Means powered street lighting for example, could that be turned off in place of active road studs
0: well we're in Milton Keynes where I know well the the poor people of Milton Keynes occasionally if they were unlucky enough would hear me on uh, on their local radio station in years <laughs> gone by um, so I know the city really well and I think when you talk about the streetlights and so forth of course there are streetlights with pedestrians you could not switch off but they because Milton Keynes was so built with the road system in mind it is an example of a place where you know, the A5 that runs alongside, runs through one side of it, you, you know, there are no pedestrians. You could turn the streetlights off and delineate the road with the active studs. What's the barrier from getting the idea and the concept that to a layman like me seems a very sensible one to actually getting it installed when you're talking to local authorities why aren't they biting your hand off for something that in the life of the product actually works out cheaper than retro reflective studs much safer and imp- improves the environment as well yeah uh, so i think you've just you've hit the nail
1: on the head there we are you know, we're supplying an active stud. There is more technology in the solar light stud than a retroreflective stud, which is essentially a plastic shell with a retroreflective strip on it. Ours, we have technology inside. We have components, batteries, solar panels, LEDs. There is more inside our stud physically. And therefore, the overall cost of that Put at day zero at the, the decision point is more but what decision makers I feel fail to understand is that a product shouldn't just be an instant solution to a problem they should be looking at the overall lifetime benefits of that product and for example a retroreflective stud what is the average life of that stud how long will that stud stay efficient for? What benefits will the driver get from that retroreflective stud and actually is it doing its job? An active stud, we know we've got lots of case studies, we've proven that our stud will remain in place and working and giving the driver those benefits for about four times as long as a retroreflective stud. So actually when you break down that cost, which is the biggest barrier to sale, we're going above and beyond (laughs) what the the cost of replacing those retroreflective studs would be.
0: Yeah, because it's not only the cost of the stud, it's the cost of actually fitting the thing, taking it out and replacing it, etc., etc. So you've got an interesting job title and an interesting role because in my life you know here at highways news i will go and speak to the marketing people to convince you to spend your marketing budget with us i will then with my its uk hat on be speaking to the product developers who are doing the really exciting new products that are coming to the market you are doing both which is if not unique and interesting and not necessarily usual way of approaching things how does that work balancing (laughs) spending your time coming up with new products and then talking to the people to actually develop them and deliver them for you with actually then going out and getting them sold to people well from a a selfish perspective I'm one of the luckiest people in the
1: company because I get to see the whole thing I get to see it from concept, manufacture going to market, talking about it, presenting like I did in November, talking to the industry about it. I don't feel that many job roles would let you have a complete picture. Uh, When you're excited about a product, you want to be seeing it all the way through. And I feel very fortunate to be in that position. Interestingly, when I came to Clearview, I said in my, my interview, I'm not a technical person. I'm here going for a product role, talking about specifications. I'm not not a technical person. And it's taken three or four years to really get my head around the technical side. That was definitely harder. But my background and my, my first job before I moved over in, into this industry was in marketing. So I always thought, well, that, that's a great backup for me. And actually what that's given is a platform now that I've got a full clear picture of the technology side to have the ability to communicate and to see it all the way through to present and it's a very special job.
0: There are many people in our industry, when I talk to them, I discover got into the industry almost by accident. I certainly did, it sounds like you did, but people stick around for a long time. If you were sitting in front of a group of uh, undergraduates or potential apprentices, what would you say about the transport, the intelligent transport systems, the highways industry that is such fun and such a good place to work? Initially, it's big. It's scary. There's lots
1: of groups that hide behind (laughs) uh, names that... People have to spell out for you to be honest, <laughs> but then the other side of it is when you get used to it, it's actually a very small community, it looks so big from the outside. It's a small group, a small community. It's very easy to network when you're in the right places, when you're in the right exhibition halls, when you're in the room with the right people. It's very easy to apply yourself in this industry, and I think. I feel that there is lots of opportunity for younger people moving into this this market to really grow and bring their own Put their own personal stamp on something.
0: Clearview Intelligence is Alistair King, one of those early careers professionals you meet who confirms that our industry is in great hands. So one day in the future, when I'm in the home for bewildered former ITS people, Alistair and his counterparts will be taking our industry to new levels. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. This is Highways Voices, and before we go, we've still got time for... Adrian's Accolade. Adrian, who wins this week?
2: And my accolade this week goes to Keir Highways and National Highways. Their A585 Windy Harbour to Skip oil project has received an exceptional performance in their considerate constructions audit. The project achieved 45 out of 50, scoring 9 out of 9 in the main five categories. Appearance, Health and Safety, Workforce, Community and Environment. The contract has also been recognised for its industry-leading health and safety systems and exceptional environmental management targeting carbon savings such as vehicle idling and a move towards using hybrid plant.
0: Great stuff from Kia Highways and National Highways, our Adrian's Accolade this week. And that'll do it for our programme. Thanks as always for listening and we'll chat again soon. Highways voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry.